Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Amigos, live from New York at the 2019 Greater New York Dental Meeting. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here, surrounded by dentisting humans, just like I always wanted, you know, a live podcast out here in the dentisting wild. Oh, dentists are my people now, too, Paul, I know so I, I feel at home. You know, it's, it's funny, because the end of this week, I'm going to go to a, uh, a legal CE, and I honestly feel much more out of place at legal CEs oh, than CE, I do at dental CEs. Yeah, yeah, I, know. Yeah. I, I don't know. What yeah. I'm, I'm never I'm like a man without a country is really what yeah, I am. Yeah, you like you the know? movies where that one animal thinks they're like the other animals. You're like the dentist now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're an honorary degree. Yeah, I, it's like an identity crisis, right? I'm a, I, I think of myself as a dentist, but I, I don't do any dentistry. Um, so uh, I've got a, a, an interesting guest here. Uh, live from the uh, the 3M booth at the uh, at the Greater New York Dental Meeting, and 3M uh, again was kind enough yeah, kind to sponsor, to sponsor us and host us, give us a place to park our microphones uh, for the afternoon. I'm also going to steal five thousand dollars with the free fill tech on the way out, so okay. that's I'm going to plan to do that. Right. They said I, that was part of the deal. I got your yeah. back. I got yeah, your yeah, back. Appreciate it. I got a big bag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so um, we've got a guest uh, from, from Blue Light Analytics, uh, Chris Felix who's going to talk about uh, the curing lights and the products that they have and the role that they play in, uh, in dentistry and how that can help you clinically. And as we've talked about repeatedly, the uh, impact of clinical improvement has an uh, impact on, uh, on, on the improvement of your practice and your profitability. And uh, so now, without further ado, here's Chris Felix. Welcome, amigo, and thanks for being on the show. Oh, no, that's great to be here. Thank you guys for, for the invitation. Yes. And uh, you, you're gonna, uh, we have a hard-hitting question to start off here. It's a nacho-themed podcast because I have a, some people call it obsession. I call it a passion for nachos. What's your favorite nacho topping, and where would you go for nachos if we're going out for nachos? Well, I, I would do uh, a, a triple cheese. I'm big on the cheese nice. and on the spicy salsa. So uh, as, I like places, that. Uh, as places to go, uh, you know, uh, my first time in New York City, uh, which I'm really enjoying, so I would take any recommendation, which I'm sure you could provide. Cool, yeah, Dos Caminos is a, is, a, is a popular one. So, yeah, if you're here for a couple more days, check out Dos Caminos. That sounds great. So we've had some guests from, from San Antonio, and now, Chris, you're from Halifax, right? Halifax, Nova Scotia. Is, uh, are nachos a thing in Halifax? I, I'm a big fan of nachos. Okay, yes, so they're nachos it's, it's, everywhere. They're universal. They bond right. them. Just yeah. like 3M's uh, universal scotch bond. Nachos bond us all together. From, yeah. from, from, from San Antonio <laughs> to Halifax, yes, Nova exactly. Scotia, right? It's all about the nachos. Uh, uh, Good stuff. And uh, so, Chris, I, I know you're, you're a chemist by trade, but if you can tell our listeners what your background is and how you got involved with uh, Blue Light Analytics. Well, it's really interesting. Uh, actually, uh, my brother's a dentist, uh, my wife's a dentist, and while I was at school uh, training to be a chemist, I ended up falling into doing research in, in dental materials, and, and specifically light-cured dental materials. And uh -huh. so, uh, you know, after uh, doing research for many of the, the, the top companies in the industry, uh, we started to learn about uh, the interactions between the curing lights and the dental materials. And 
at that time, there wasn't really a lot of emphasis on, on light curing and the importance of light curing. Yet, these materials are absolutely dependent on the successful light curing for that procedure to be successful. Mm -hmm. So when we thought about, uh, you know, continuing the research, we felt that, you know, maybe we can commercialize a company that can build technologies to help clinicians understand this process so that we can really help improve the quality of the care and success of, of procedures that, that include a light cured material. So we, uh, we started off on the education side. We developed a device, a, a patient simulator to help train students how to do better light curing. We developed a research device to help manufacturers understand the interactions between lights and light cured materials, how light gets through materials, also how to evaluate a light, how to make a better light, how to improve optics. And this naturally led to then uh, the dentist asking, okay, well, what do you have for us? Right. You know, how are you going to help us manage this process? So all of the research and education we've packed into a product that we've just launched after 10 years of being in business. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last month. Uh -huh. And we have a device called CheckUp. So CheckUp is a, is a hardware that would be recognized as a dental radiometer, but really it's connected to an application that runs on, you know, uh, iPhone or Android as everything does nowadays. But it has a massive database of hundreds. I think we're at six or 700 materials, six or 700 lights and matching this together. So as much as a typical dental radiometer might measure the light output and, and make sure, first of all, that the light is working, what a lot of clinicians need is to know how long to use their light with each light-cured material they're using in their practice. So whether it's a composite, a bond, a cement, you know, a post and core, a liner, a glass ionomer, there are several light-cured material categories and they all have instructions for use. And sometimes these instructions for use might find their way to the garbage, and yes. uh, sometimes even interpreting instructions for use can be quite complicated. So we thought, how can we help? Let's, let's try to help clinicians understand the specific lights they're using in their practice, how long they need to use the lights to cure every different light cure material in their office, to help prevent those issues that could cause a failure because of material discolors or debonds or fractures and situations that can lead to post-operative sensitivity or secondary caries, issues that a lot of clinicians, you know, see in the, in the run of a day. And sometimes they blame it on the material, uh, but we can usually trace it back to the light might not be working or not being used for the right amount of time. I mean, you're, you're, you're drilling in, you know, Rob is a, is a lawyer, plays a dentist on TV, you're drilling into a classic problem that's a tale as old as light curing time. Uh, if you, I, our office, you know, it's been around for decades and decades, my dad and his partner, we, I wish we didn't throw away all our lights because we probably could create a, a light museum of like, you know, they <laughs> look cool. like giant guns in the beginning. <laughs> they're small ones, they're big ones. And, you know, uh, I just do this thing of the lights on where I shake it. And I, well, now it's working fine. But it's just, it's, you really are uh, helping with a real pain point. So how, like say I'm a dentist, we have two practices, multiple lights. I've, uh, first time I'm hearing about what you guys are doing, walk me through how I would utilize this day to day in my practice. So... First of all, a lot of people, when they realize that their lights aren't going to last forever, they realize they need to test them, you know, periodically to make sure that they're What's working. What's periodically? Because I'm genuinely interested as a practicing dentist. Well, people ask me how often should I test my light, and I always respond with, well, how long would you like to go before identifying a problem with a light? And so I've visited so many offices where 
you know, maybe they had three or four operatories and they had three or four different lights. And one of the lights might not have been working in one of the operatories and they couldn't really identify where the, you know, issues of post-operative sensitivity coming back, you know, what was the cause of this? And as soon as we measure the lights in each of the operatory and identify that one of them is not functioning uh, in the way that can cure the materials, quickly the mystery is, is, is solved. So certainly, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to uh, instill this um, concept of testing regularly is important. So whether it's monthly, you know, weekly, uh, or daily, uh, you know, certainly the more frequent the better. And you test this through, I've seen the rammer, you test this through a phone application or? or well, as all things are, are moving uh, to the smart uh, phone uh, applications, of course, our application runs on uh, Android and iPhone. You can download the app uh, free of charge. And, of course, there is a hardware component that you can uh, purchase to, to measure your lights. And what's nice in the application is that all of the instructions that you might have thrown away in the application, it has the instructions for use. Uh, for the materials as well as for the lights. Oh, and, nice. And certainly, you know, when you read through a lot of these fine print instructions, which from a legal standpoint, you may be <laughs> aware of reading the fine print. Sometimes oh, these I, I are, never read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> That's are, not true. Are, are missed. And so what we're trying to do is to help to make sure that the instructions that are, are provided are, are adhered to. And it's no easy thing after you know, reading instructions for use of hundreds of materials. I'm, I'm a chemist, and I've spent 15 years in this industry, and sometimes it can be really hard to figure out. Yes, you well, Rob. I, I mean, well, look, here, this, this will be my contribution. Maybe might be my only contribution to this. I mean, when you look talk about instructions for something like this, they're not really meant to be instructions to tell you how to use it. They really become like a... Like I CYA for like yeah. liability yeah. for the for the company. Like to so to truly use something, I don't think it's really practical to expect that you could read you know all that fine print because that fine print is not there actually to help you use it. So, it's, so it's you guys are doing, and that's a perfect point because you know we've talked about this with employment agreements, contracts, everything. It's it's like it's hard to figure out even when you know. So you guys have made it user friendly for the dentist and their team to do this. So okay, I got that. So now I have these offices. How do people, like, is this something that I buy? Is this something that I rent? Uh, tell me about the mechanics of actually implementing it into an office. Well, our, our newest product has been designed for the dental office, where some of our other products were quite expensive and designed for universities and manufacturers. So currently, uh, since we've just launched our, our product for dentists, it can be a uh, uh, found on our website at bluelightanalytics.com. And, of course, you can order the hardware and, and download the application from, from the App Store. So very easy, uh, very easy to get. We have a, a great customer service team that will help walk you through using uh, the device to make sure it's used properly. And, of course, for those that have more technical questions around, you know, which material should I use for what and any advice, we also try to uh, answer a lot of questions that any clinician might have about their lights and materials. And what type of investment is the office making? Is it what you make it for the whole office one time? Do you make it per light? I like what? Because I know my dentist people. I don't know if you know them, Chris. Um, they're cheap people. They're very cheap people. They're frugal. Not on their work. On their work, they want to charge two thousand dollars per crown. Do not get cheap about that. On what they buy, they they want their cotton rolls to be free. But I tell them that hey, you're running a business, and these things are helping you, like you said, with efficiency. And, and I mean, dentists are good people, and we do composites all the time. So if you told a dentist that their light wasn't working, that would really freak them out. Not because they think a patient's going to get mad. It's just that they don't. That's such a, a workhorse of what we do. It's like Rob's legal pad. If you take his legal pad, throw it across the room, he can't even he can't even function for the next ten minutes. So. <laughs> The light is the legal pad of the dental thing. And I mean, I, there's many, there's no worse feeling. I mean, I can, I don't know what this, how to compare this to an attorney, maybe something with a computer. Like, you're going to go do a composite. 
You hit your light thing, it doesn't turn on, you're not sure if it's right, it's flashing, and in your brain you're just like, I want to move to the middle of the woods and live there forever. So you're helping with that, but tell me about the actual investment cost-wise for the office. Well, again, uh, you know, education is, is, a, is a very important investment for any office to make sure anyone who's, who's using a, a light that they have the proper education. And it really was our first product we invent, invested into was simple technique. You know, whoever's using the light, if you're distracted, someone walks in and you look away and all of a sudden your, your light tip is not over the tooth, uh, you know, technique. It doesn't matter if you have the best light or material. If someone hasn't been trained on how to use the light properly, uh, that's, a, that's a critical uh, investment. So in any office, they should really uh, invest into making sure that uh, someone who's doing the light curing, that they've been trained on how to do that, whether it's the assistant or the clinician or the assistant and the clinician together. It only takes a little bit of education. Now, for the checkup product, uh, you know, it's not overly uh, priced different than any other uh, meter that's available on the market. But again, you know, if an office is measuring their light and they get an output of, let's say, a thousand milliwatts per centimeter square, oftentimes they don't even know what to do with this number. So uh, again, it's a, it's a matter of letting them know the curing times for, for each of the materials, which is very simple uh, to understand. And, cool. you know, you'd really only need one, you know, one device uh, in the office. And as for implementing it, you know, it can be the assistant or, or uh, an assistant manager or someone who prepares everything in the office. And maybe I, I would recommend, you know, once a week they go around, they can test the lights, uh, you know, from one operatory to the next. The lights could be functioning very differently and could require different curing times. So what we can do is output a chart and put that chart by the curing light. So let's say the clinician is doing a procedure and they need to know, okay, I'm doing a class two, I'm using a bonding agent, I'm using a, a composite, a, a bulk fill composite. They can go over, they can see the chart, and it can get them the information that they need when they need it very efficiently. So again, it's a very uh, low cost, very simple implementation into the preparation and protocol of the, of the office. That's great. I mean, the... the uh if you've made this in a way that's streamlined into your workflow, because you know you have these radiometers and you you get them, and you say, "Think I'm going to use this all the time," and then you lose the radiometer, so it's like, "Well, that's the end of checking." You know, that's usually what happens to us. And uh, the the you have it. Is it curing light um, agnostic? It could be any curing light. You could use a curing light from a decade ago. You could use one you just bought. What's What's really great is that uh, we have a spectrometer-based enterprise product that has measured over 100,000 lights in the market. The scary thing is that we have found that one in four lights are not functioning properly. What makes them, I'm curious, what makes them not functioning right? Okay, there is a standard uh, for curing lights that uh, ISO, the International Standards Organization, provides that uh, light should be within plus or minus 20% of what the manufacturer is claiming. And, of course, when the light is brand new, it should fall within that range. Now, what I'm saying is that over time, with use, that these lights can degrade, they can be damaged, they can get material gunked up on them, and, of course, this can reduce the output. Once that output is no longer within the plus or minus 20%, then we would say it's no longer, uh, it's no longer fulfilling what the standard is in place. And so a lot of manufacturers will have a tolerance of it does need to be between that. Now, we certainly uh, know that from all the lights we've tested that every light degrades with time. And maybe at some point you can compensate by curing for longer. But at some point when you start to get below 400, even 300, it's not enough light intensity to get through an increment of material or composite gotcha. material when you're doing a buildup. And so at that point is when you should consider replacing your light not when it's completely stopped functioning. Uh, you may have run into you know, material issues before. So we're really trying to help 
clinicians get the most out of their equipment, but certainly identify when that ideal point of replacement of a light is. And do you guys have any favorite lights that you don't have to mention here on the podcast, but are there different lights that you say, hey man, this one works for longer than this one over here? Is that part of what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. We have a laboratory services side where we uh, evaluate curing lights uh, for manufacturers, whether it's in a prototype development or, or market. What you want is a light that, that's easily placed in different locations in the mouth, that has a, a uniform output, uh, that has good collimation. A lot of times lights are tested at a zero millimeter distance from the tip, but if you're doing a class two build up with a matrix band in place, the light tip can be quite far away from that first increment of material that you're placing. So good optics in a light to retain its intensity uh, some lights, you may have to increase the curing time if the material is further away. So again, this is information that is critical uh, for those materials being cured well. And, you know, one of the things that's uh, said quite often is that do your, your class two buildup and on the last increment cure for much longer. But really that light will not get to the bottom of that box. So actually the reverse might be a better strategy is the first increment that you place down below that's further away, you might want to cure for longer because of that loss of intensity over distance. Yeah, and do, that, do you publish any of this, uh, the findings and the research that you do and the, looking at the different lights? We have an enormous body of, of, of research that we've done in collaboration with dental materials experts around the world. Uh, scientific papers, which may be sometimes hard to digest, but fortunately we've been able to work with clinicians who are able to uh, write articles from dentists for dentists mm -hmm. that include a lot of these topics that I'm talking about. So certainly uh, we can recommend some great articles uh, to review so that everybody can be aware of, of, of this issue that really does need to be managed to maximize success when using a light in a light-cured material. Because, you know, there are so many different procedures. It's not just direct restorative, you know, indirect, you know, endodontics, prosthodontics, orthodontics. You know, there's so many procedures that do include a light-cured material. So other than your handpiece, you know, that light is, is pretty darn important. And uh, I was looking at your website here. I'm going to uh, share some photos with our audience. So the checkup, if I'm like, hey, I want to get a checkup right now for my office, what's that cost? Is it sold through distributors, dealers, or how, how's that sold? So or right now, you since the, the product is, is very new, we're just launching it now. We have, uh, we're selling direct to get some early adopters to get feedback, to continue continue to improve it. Of course, in time, we may certainly be looking for larger uh, channel partners. We're, we're a research and development company, uh, so certainly working with uh, others, uh, other partners is, 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 a, is, is the path forward in time. But right now, anyone can, can order a, a checkup from our website, and, and it's great. So we, we continue the interaction. It's not just you buy the product and we never talk to you again. You buy the product and we're always there to support you in the use of that product. That's awesome. So, yeah, I, I'll share this with community. I mean, I think it's uh, we, we learned a lot over this past two days on our live podcast, Rob, and maybe you have a, an, a, a deeper appreciation for all the things that go on in a oh, daily it's, day it's, of a dental I office. True. And this is like, you know, this is a, a, one of the things where it's like there's certain things that aren't fun, but they're important, and you have to do the important things to get to the fun stuff. And, you know, all your fancy composites and what you want to do for people, it doesn't work if your light doesn't work. And I, I'll say as a medium-age dentist, which stands for mad, Chris, so I don't know if you feel that is like I got my sign here, <laughs> medium-age dentist mad. That's kind of an internal feeling because when, you know, Rob has seen this is we've just, you know, done a 10-pack of podcasts and all the things that dentists do, and this is still just a piece of what we do. But the light curing part is something that, you know, and then one of the things leaders do is delegate it. And, you know, it did 
dentist is not going to walk around and do this. If you, if you think that's your system, it's not going to work. You need right. to have an assistant who cares about details and, you know, is the light police, basically, and say when's time to replace them. Uh, and I just think that's, it's, it's an fitting with our theme of checking on your important stuff. Right. Yeah, right. And, uh, and like other important pieces of equipment, whether it was uh, your x-ray machine or your sterilizer, if, if you knew one in four of those pieces of equipment were, were not functioning, it, it, it would be an actionable item that, that needs to be taken care of. And so that's really the case with hearing lights. Well, it's a, it's a productivity issue, right? And, and you know, we've talked about this repeatedly, Paul, for the last two days, that you know, time translates to money. Competition is stiff. And you, know, you have to figure out other ways to improve your profitability. And one way to do that is to be able to do things more efficiently. And that's, and that's, a, really, that's a really great point. I know as some clinicians might be now more aware of the undercuring issues, the, the discoloration, the debond, the fracture, uh, you know, leading to cases of post-operative sensitivity or secondary decay. And so some are overcompensating by curing for extra long and not realizing if they've never put one of these lights on the back of their hand, the amount of heat that can be generated. So the, the worry now in the overcompensating is that, you know, let's say you're doing a class five and part of the light is overlapping over the soft tissue. If you run some of these high power lights for too long, you're, you're at risk of, of damaging the soft tissue. And in, certainly in some cases, where a lot of tooth structure is removed and there's a very thin amount of material between that and the pulp chamber, doing damage to the pulp chamber is, is also uh, a risk. And so there really is an, a narrow, safe area of avoiding undercuring. And certainly, not, you can't overcure the material, but you can damage the soft well, tissue. Rob was going to think of a second career in dentistry anyway. And this discussion about the Goldilocks can't go too, too long, can't you? It seems so easy on us, right, Rob? Seems relaxing to live as a dentist. Oh, I'll cure longer. That will ruin the tooth. I won't cure enough. That ruins the filling. Oh, Paul, you're living like, the dream. Yeah, I'm like, on. I should have just shot more three-point shots. I could be playing here, playing for the Sixers. So I think what you shared is awesome. And, it, you know, I think it's something as we talk about being aware and purposeful with our dentist podcast, business, clinical fits in both. What are some, you know, we've had a Saturday Night Live theme, uh, and there was a uh, uh, piece on that, Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. So Deep Thoughts with the Dental Amigos crew. What are some parting thoughts, whether they're on nachos, your product, being at conventions, uh, share visiting New York, share that with the audience and how people can reach out to you? Oh, uh, I'm really great. Thank you guys for, for inviting me. I'm really enjoying my, my first trip to New York City. I've traveled uh, quite a bit around the world, but there's nothing like uh, New York City. Uh, last mm-hmm. night, uh, we were down in, in Times Square, just walking around, taking in all the, the sights and, and lights, and uh, just, just really loving being here. So, yeah, no, uh, as uh, SNL, I think you had mentioned, yeah. oh, well, I, I'm, I'm an old school. Uh, you know, I love the... the uh, Chris Chris Farley was one of my, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. you know, just absolutely fantastic. You know, just uh, you know, missing missing him. And you've seen things uh, evolve. Uh, and I mean, some of the newer characters are great, but I'm I'm, I'm old school. Yeah. It's, uh, Sometimes you know. Dennis, we feel like yeah. living in a van down by the river. It's a treat. Don't leave me leave me alone. I want to live down there. Well, uh, how can people reach out to contact you and learn more? Uh, absolutely uh, through our our, our website uh, bluelightanalytics.com. Uh, all of the information about our different products and services, whether you're involved in education uh, or research or, or just everyday clinical practice. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks great so much to Blue Analytics XCOM. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for being on the show, Chris. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. 
If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.